Well, hey everybody, Mark here, and thank you so much for joining us for the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we're continuing the conversation of Christmas at the movies, diving into Elf. This is a pretty fun conversation between me and Phil. Jess was out today, but luckily we had an awesome volunteer producer in the studio with us as well. And shout out to everyone that is wanting to get involved with online ministry. We're so grateful for your hearts in trying to help disciple people online and hopefully have them take a next step to get involved with us in person at one of our campuses. So there's a ton going on here at Menlo. I want to give you a heads up that we will be live streaming our Christmas Eve service on the 24th. So check out YouTube and menlo.online.church for that. We will see you there. And now let's go ahead and jump into the Menlo Midweek Podcast. Well, welcome everybody to the Menlo Midweek Podcast. My name is Mark. And my name is not Jess. And you are not Jess. Mm-hmm. We have Phil with us, and Jess isn't feeling well this morning. Jess, we're praying for you. Yeah. Wish you were here. We do. End of the table it feels, feels very empty. empty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't like it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll be back soon. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. I hope yeah. so, too. Um, Buddy the Elf. Mm-hmm. Yep. What a fun movie, and kind of a hard jump from movies that may or may not have been in color. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, for sure. We're here now. Yeah, there was no black and white version of Elf that I'm aware of. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun... I mean, I think it is, in my opinion, kind of like the modern classic yes. Christmas movie, you know? Uh, what's weird is uh, that movie's 20 years old. That was wild when you said and that. And so uh, it doesn't feel like that to mm-hmm. me, which I don't like that. how that makes me feel. Uh, I'm like, oh, it just came out a couple years ago. Like that, that's <laughs> right stuff right. I remember my parents saying. So, um, yeah, but it was fun, and it's a great like. I think that especially around the concept of joy, it really does kind of feel like Buddy exudes this ever present yeah. sense of positivity, regardless of his circumstances. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was a fun, fun one to jump back and forth with. So. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. and. I thought it was really fun, too, how you kind of clued us in a little bit more on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. where you told us that you are the dad that has the trash bag. 100%. Yep. Trash yep. immediately goes in there. Yep. What's that like for you? What is Christmas morning like, and why Why is, do you feel the need to immediately clean up? Uh, I mean, you probably have to uh, talk to my counselor to get at the real <laughs> substructure of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of it is we have four kids sure. and a dog, and uh, so there's enough chaos, like just without packages being torn open. Yep. I also feel like it's pretty easy in my head. It feels like it would be easy if you just let all the wrapping paper sit there. At the end of it, it feels like it'd be pretty easy to accidentally throw gifts away because there's so much paper. Yeah. And Alyssa uses like this kind of craft paper that's like brown. Uh, it oh, looks like yeah, those yeah. old delivery packages. That's what all of our gifts are wrapped in. So oh. it's not even like you have the distinction of other wrapping papers. Sure. Like it's just a bunch of it's just brown, brown paper. A sea of brown. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that all is a part of it. And and candidly, I think just part of it is I'd like things to be neat. <laughs> and so sure. it is a yeah, yeah, yeah. chaotic morning anyway. We try to like let our kids just have their toys and stuff out and play. And inside, I'm like, can't you just take those to your room and clean up? But I don't say that. I just feel that and think that emotionally. Yeah. So, Are you the gift wrapper in the family? No. Mm-mm, no. I mean, Alyssa would tell you I am the most thoughtful gift giver. Mm. Uh, it's a thing that I've been good at for pretty mm-hmm. much my whole life. Uh, and I will wrap her gifts. Uh, and then she is the one typically that buys the gifts for kids. 
and wraps those gifts. Yeah. And then I'm responsible for stockings. And so yeah. then I have like kind of individual things that I'm getting for the kids that I know they'll like in yeah. their stocking. So as you're saying that, it, I, it reminded me of a line in your message, which was the, like the greatest gifts remind us of eternity. And I mm-hmm. thought about that in terms, because I, I think one of my strongest love language is giving gifts. Yeah. And it kind of reframed how I, how I approached giving and mm. gifting, because I didn't know that's what I was doing when I yeah. was doing it. But it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, every, every newest release here in Silicon Valley... Uh, it's just a matter of time before that's in the junk drawer. It's just a matter of time before oh, that's, yep. you know, sitting in a yard sale. It's just sure. a matter of time before you're trying to give it away on Facebook Marketplace. Like, it's just a matter of time yep. before the thing that is, oh, my gosh, I have to have it to, oh, gosh, you can have it. And I think that um, every time it happens, that sense of newness, mm-hmm. when we think about the kingdom of heaven and the way it's described, you know, even the way that the picture of who God is in our life, this side of eternity, his mercies are new every day. When we think about uh, Mm. eternity, this idea of um, things becoming irrelevant, out of date, discarded, just there's a permanence, there's a permanent relevance that we see in eternity uh, that this side of it we don't experience. And so I think those gifts, we go, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. I wish I could capture this moment. And we all remember that. Like, we right. remember the gift that we got that was like, yep. oh, my gosh, this was amazing. Maybe I talked about it last year, but uh, one of my favorite gifts was I got the original PlayStation, and it was just unbelievable. Like, it yeah. was absolutely incredible. Um, but, you know, like, moments after you have that experience, mm-hmm. you're starting to watch the experience degrade. You know, like, it's just immediately... Yep. And so I think that um, we feel that over and over again with gifts. They're really fun. They're great. I think they can be really special. But I think every time we get them, it reminds us this feeling that you have that feels so good is temporary. Mm. And you can tell you were made for this feeling to not be temporary. And I think that's what heaven Mm. is. I could be just imagining this. But did you put that PlayStation in your car at some point? I didn't put that one in my car. Uh, (laughs) The smile? uh, If you're not watching uh, online right now. (laughs) Shoot. So I had a car in high school that um, I put a lot of money into and drove more quickly than I should have. Uh, And so it was, you know, kind of peak Fast and Furious era. Yeah. So I had like lights underneath my car and lights underneath my seats. So it's essentially the car that you have now. It's the same car. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled out the (laughs) dashboard and like made all those lights match the same color. I had two 10 inch subwoofers in the trunk. Um, and then in my glove compartment, if you opened it up, there was a screen and a PlayStation was inside of my glove compartment with the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not play it when I was driving. Um, <laughs> Wild. I just want to put that on the record. Um, but yes, I, it was not the same PlayStation, but okay. it was also a PlayStation. How fun. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's exciting. There's some people that are like, I'm never listening to this podcast again. <laughs> I was I was 16. You know, yeah. I was a stupid 16-year-old. Yep. It happens. That's so funny. Um, I thought that Elf was a perfect movie to describe joy because Buddy is just such a joyous being, a joyous character. Yeah. Um, it being 20 years old, that that still resonates with me that it hurts a little bit. Yep. But the joy that he carries is eternal, it sure. feels like. Yeah, and yeah. no matter what he faces, what obstacles, what how he sees things ignorantly right. with joy, it's just yeah, yeah. like makes the movie. Yeah. 
And so I'm sure it was, you know, kind of hard to cut out all the things that you wanted to include because that joy theme is just, that's what the movie's based on. Right, right. Well, and I think the, you know, you get to see this very stark contrast between all these people in the movie who are very cynical. Yes. And Buddy who is like so idealistically, Pollyannishly uh, ignorant. Uh, And you're like, I think I still would prefer Buddy. Like I would prefer to be that mm. than what I'm seeing over here, and I I think that at Christmas time, if we're not careful, it's pretty easy for us to become the like boss that comes in on Christmas and he's yeah. mad and he wants you to rewrite whatever, or mm-hmm. you know the manager at the store who's just worried about his job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so easy for it to become so self focused, and uh, yeah, like Buddy just has this kind of bigger. Uh, bigger vision of what the celebration can be. And I think even the times that he ends up getting hurt or disappointed by people, I think the fun part of the movie is it's like, well, I I would rather live with that level of joy and the inherent risk of being hurt than just assume I'm going to be hurt, Mm -hmm. feel that way all the time, and never experience the joy, which feels Mm -hmm. like the two options you get in the movie. Yeah. And I love how you framed it at first as, like joy is something that is way past our circumstances. Right. It's not circumstantial. It's not a, a, a moment of happiness, but a deep thing that we carry with us. And one of the examples that you used from the movie was when he goes into this coffee shop and he yells, you did it. You, it's the world's <laughs> best cup of coffee. coffee. And then everyone just looks at him with blank stares. But, yeah. And that would be my worst nightmare. And that would take all my joy away from me, for, pe- <laughs> for me to say not something excitedly. Yeah, not for buddy. Not for buddy. He's in. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so how... How can we carry out that same joy? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is uh, we have to uh, we have to have a, a center of gravity as it relates to what Christmas is about and what our faith is about. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're going to look for a parallel text from the one that we were in this weekend that talks about joy, this is in Isaiah. Uh, yes, yeah, so we were we were in Isaiah. You could jump over to Philippians four, and mm. um, you know, we we take this. Um, we take this passage completely out of context, and then we just quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. But if you read the verses immediately preceding that, Paul basically says, hey, I've, I, uh, I have had a lot, and I've had very little. I've experienced great opportunity and blessing, and I've experienced difficult punishment, negative consequences, mm-hmm. imprisonment. Uh, and he said, in everything, I've learned the secret of being content and if you look at kind of earlier in the chapter, I think that he's really talking about kind of this sovereign joy, this joyous contentment. Uh, and then he says, here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And really, if we were to translate it or paraphrase it from the context, it would really be, I can endure all circumstances with joyous contentment because of Christ who strengthens me. Yep. And so um, I think allowing the... Christological center of our life to be the thing that drives and fuels us. So we go, I remember when God showed up when everything was going great. I remember when God showed up when things were going really bad. Okay, so that means whatever I'm facing today, God's going to still show up. He's still faithful. I can still trust Him. And then, um, you know, I think we can go to passages um, like Romans 5. We can go to basically entire the entire book of Philippians is really about choosing joy, right? So I think at the most basic foundational level, being able to say, where has God shown up in your life and been faithful? 
how can you use that as a reminder that he will be faithful and be joyful proactively, assuming that it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as we get older, even when it doesn't work out the way that it's mm-hmm. supposed to, even when the person that you're praying for doesn't make it through, even when the job doesn't get offered to you, even when the relationship doesn't work out, mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know what, I've been doing this long enough, God, with you that I know you've not abandoned me. I know that this isn't the end of the story. I'm going to keep trusting you. Yeah. And so I think whatever level you're able to tether your present faith to God's past faithfulness, past faithfulness, I think will help you choose joy in the situation. Yeah. And that pulls at the, th- that the thread of the eternal view of joy right. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I thought that f- that language and framework was a great way to approach this concept. And so is that something that, you know, you've, you've, how did you come up with that language? How'd, yeah, how'd so the two the, the two uh, terms that are pretty common, I think I used both of them at some point. One is this idea of eternal joy. One is mm-hmm. something called sovereign joy. Mm. Uh, neither one of them are mine. They're, they're uh, mm-hmm. like theological concepts. But um, I think the idea is how do we help people think about joy as this internal condition rather than circumstantial description? And, um, you know, both of them point at this idea that sovereign joy, it's bigger than us. God's sovereignty, he is in control. So we can trust that God is in control even when it feels like our life is out of control. And then eternal joy immediately has to make us think about beyond our circumstances because our circumstances by their very nature are temporal. And so if I'm going to if I'm going to think about the kind of joy God wants me to have and I understand, oh this is eternal joy, I think it immediately pulls me out of hey, what's going on in my marriage? What's going on with my kids? What's going on at work? What's going on with my health? What's going on with our finances? It's not that God doesn't care about any of those things. But when my joy is eternal, mm-hmm. I bring that eternal joy with me to that problem, to that situation, to that thing that feels overwhelming, and I think I'm far more equipped yeah. to, to have a different state of mind about it than the circumstances would create on their own. Yeah, man. As, as we're getting further along into this series, it seems like a lot of the themes, joy, peace, hope, they're all themes that we kind of need to realign what we're focusing on in, to, in order to truly understand and grasp at what it means to have, the, like what those things mean in general, and then how to have them. Yeah. And so in a time as, as busy as Christmas can be, um, even though, I mean, we are anticipating God coming with us, we still have so much going on, mm-hmm. um, how do you... And how would you encourage us to reframe the things that we're doing, the experiences that we're having, the conversations that we're having to reflect uh, the joy that that we're anticipating? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part growing up, like I grew up with abuse in my home, and Mm. the biggest part when you experience abuse is uh, this distinction between uh, surviving and thriving. And uh, the way you thrive is you cultivate cultivate memories, cultivate experiences, cultivate climates and cultures, the way you survive is to just endure. And I think whether we realize it or not, a lot of us, we just survive Christmas. Hmm. And, uh, and I think a big secret to making the jump from surviving trauma uh, to thriving in healthy culture is margin. And it's, uh, it's counterintuitive because we think, well, I, I don't have enough of it, so I better fit one more thing in. I bet if we just jam one more tradition in, I bet if I can just fulfill one more person's expectations. And what, w- what was always funny as a kid, uh, I think I mentioned this, Christmas to my dad especially was a really big deal. And so literally the day or two before Christmas, 
he'd been traveling a whole bunch. You know, he, he had things he was ashamed of and regretting from the year. And so he would come in like the day or two before Christmas and he would be like, oh my goodness, we don't have enough gifts, which I promise you, we had enough gifts. Mm. <laughs> it was absurd. Uh, and he would just go out himself out of this sense of like, I want to feel what Christmas is supposed to feel like. And I know how I'll do it. I'll just buy more gifts. Mm. And uh, I think that that idea of more uh, mm -hmm. at Christmas really drives a lot of us. Part of the reason that yeah. it drives us yeah. is because we're culturally conditioned for us to try for it to drive us. Our society wants us to, to aspire to more mm -hmm. um, with more stuff and more traditions and more gifts because that means more money and all that. Right. Um, and I think the, the easiest way to describe this would be to say that less is more as it relates to our Christmas celebration and the idea of can you really even just sit can you enjoy a christmas movie together without scrolling on your phone and figuring out who else you have to buy for uh can you um uh choose several nights maybe in the next week or two where right now you have a commitment and you're going to say you know what yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna opt out of that you know I, i've had conversations with people in the past where it's like they're kind of those fringe friends and they're really sweet and you feel some sense of social reciprocity when they like get you a gift mm. And I've had to say, like, hey, man, I, I really like you. We're good. Don't give me a gift. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. Because mm -hmm. I know what happens. Like, it creates boomerang. I'm going to get you a gift. You're going to get me a gift. It adds to an already heavy list. Let's hang out in the first that first part of the year. It'll be great. But, like, you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're all so scared of what someone will respond when we don't meet their expectations. Um, but I think we should be more concerned about what will happen if we really keep trying to meet their expectations? Because your your social circle only gets wider. Yeah. And so those expectations only get bigger and heavier over the years. So uh, margin is where we go from um, surviving to thriving, where we go from coping to cultivating. And um, I think finding that margin in your life, it's different for everybody because your, your schedule is different. But um, we just finished our last stakeholder meeting uh, this week for kind of this new rollout of strategy stuff that we're starting with some key leaders at Menlo. And uh, it means that a number of my kind of evenings have been booked mm -hmm. and it's going to help my last two weeks till Christmas to not have those on my schedule. And I'm glad for that. And I'm not filling it with other things. So uh, I think it's a choice. Yeah. We're really worried about others and, and how that, how we are perceived their expectations of us. What would you say Jesus' expectations are us for this season? Yeah, I mean, I think Christmas is this beautiful time where we get to be reminded of God's love for us. And so mm -hmm. uh, I would think of it maybe less as Jesus expects this of me. Mm -hmm. I would say more like Jesus longs for us to experience a deeper level of his love, joy, peace, and hope at Christmas. It's not... It's not an expectation; it's an invitation to yeah. say, yeah. Um, "Man, aren't you tired?" You know, mm -hmm. you know. Think about that text we quoted all the time: "All you who are weary and heavy laden, mm -hmm. come to me, and I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. My yoke is easy, my burden is light." Mm -hmm. And uh, we're like, "Yeah, yeah," but I got I got a few more gifts to wrap, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think, I mean, even something as simple as that, like get the gift bags, <laughs> like just find what it, the it's, Costco. It's as fine, you're man. In, it's the hot chocolate it, pack. It, it's fine. It's totally <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, we put so much pressure on ourselves and God doesn't put any of that pressure on us. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I think in as much at Christmas as we can yeah. remind ourselves of that and give people mm -hmm. that we spend time with that gift too. Like 
it's okay. Like it's, it's fine. We don't have to put pressure on each other. So, um, I think every year probably looks a little bit different. I still feel this sense culturally, like people are trying to make up for lost time because of COVID. Hmm. So Christmas feels a little bit more charged. You know, we did our yeah. concert last yeah. week and people were like, this is my first one since go. And no, they're really pumped. Yeah. And they're like, hey, everybody, let's just, just let it be what it's going to be. Everybody, everybody catch your breath. Uh, so I, I think, um, you know, internalizing that for ourselves too is yeah. important. I, I was going to ask, and I probably, well, I'm going to ask it now, but... I mean, Advent already happened, or I mean, Jesus already came. Right. So why are we still anticipating something that mm-hmm. already happened? Yeah, really, this is uh, kind of a Jewish custom where you take, kind of like what we talked about with joy, you take past acts of God's faithfulness, and you sort of continually rehearse them in your calendar mm. uh, because they're important, mm-hmm. because they help you uh, be reminded of who you are and whose you are. You know, if you think about, like, why do we celebrate our wedding anniversary? Like, we, we already got married. Try that with your spouse. Let them know. <laughs> like, you know what? I was listening to podcasts. They said, no, uh, don't do that. Um, but we celebrate it because it reminds us. It allows us to celebrate that relationship. It takes us back to that moment, right? And it builds over time. And you don't celebrate it less and less over the years. You actually celebrate it more and more. Like, it becomes more impressive, more significant. Um, and then I think the same thing about birthdays or, you know, special moments in your life or your family where you go, wow, this is worth marking. And uh, that was such a big deal in Jewish history and the yeah. Hebrew scriptures. And um, the birth of Jesus is like that. Really, the birth of Jesus, uh, you know, had some pretty unique parallels, even in Jewish culture at the time. And then when we think about uh, Easter, right, what we celebrate mm-hmm. as Easter, kind of tangentially, uh, the Jewish people celebrate as Passover, right? Jesus is regularly kind of reclaiming, this is how God showed up before, but I'm the ultimate fulfillment of how God showed up before. Mm-hmm. And so now we're still celebrating the same idea because it's an important memory. And we live in a culture where we're constantly swimming upstream, constantly swimming upstream, constantly swimming upstream to the values and norms around us. Um, and as a follower of Jesus, this is a time of year where a culture is definitely not flowing in the direction of Jesus. But... Uh, I love the fact that when I'm like walking around the mall this time of year, I'm I'm listening to at times like Christian hymns about mm. Christmas, you know. And you're like, yeah, let's not take that for granted. That's a very small percentage of the world that gets that privilege. So yeah. let's lean in and be present in Christmas, however we get the opportunity to. I love that. Um, obviously, when you said swimming upstream, that made me think of fishing. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How. Um, how Jesus can be a boulder in the middle of the stream that causes the flow to move around it and co- create soft spots in the water where you don't have to swim upstream. Yeah. Fish can just kind of hang out there. Yeah, yeah. Not That's expend good. energy. Mm-hmm. Look, at, look for food to come by. Yeah. And that is often where you will find some of the oldest and wisest fish are yeah. underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Behind structure. That's interesting. Um, Phil, what else? What else about joy? What else... If you had more time, would you have included any other lingering thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I talked a little bit about uh, Philippians. I think that's uh, just such a, a fun, excellent book, also written by uh, the Apostle Paul, where we spent a lot of time this fall. Um, and if you've never studied it, it's four chapters. You can read it in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whether you choose to kind of break it up in slices or not, if you're going hey, this idea of profound joy despite my circumstances. Yeah. I mean, Paul's writing it 
in prison, fearing his own death. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he goes into very detailed descriptions about how he's been um, kind of persecuted and faced pain, and yet he's still choosing joy in his life. Mm-hmm. At one point, he's kind of going like, hey, I, I'm having a hard time deciding whether or not I should really be thinking about wanting to live or not. Mm. And he says, but here's what I know. Um, yeah, to live is Christ, so if I keep living, it's going to be for the good of the mission. And to die is gain, because I'm going to be in heaven. And I think there was just something so inherent for Paul in his ministry where he knew um, he knew the eternal perspective. He knew that everything between here and there was temporary. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it's so easy for us to make the temporary ultimate. And so um, I would just encourage you, like, whatever you are thinking about for this season, man, I hope it's awesome. I hope you get really sweet gifts and great moments with people, but um, savoring and cultivating good culture and good moments is infinitely, and I use that word intentionally, uh, infinitely more productive to your soul than one more gift, than overspending a little bit more to try and make people in your life happy. It won't. It won't make them happy. Gifts don't have that power. Um, So be thoughtful, be kind. You know, if you haven't started doing this with your kids, um, I would say two things. If you have little kids, one, get them in the habit of getting thoughtful gifts for their siblings. If you have kids with, um, you have multiple kids, I think it's just helpful for them around this season to be thinking of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to bankroll it at the dollar store for a little while, great. Um, and then down the road, like let them pay for it. Uh, we're watching some of that transition happen with a couple of our kids right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think for your kids, if you have kids, uh, setting sort of a cap on the number of gifts that you get each one and letting them know what that number is. Now, this might be tricky if you have little kids. Uh, if you're, if, if, you are, if little kids are listening with you right now, I'm going to give you a, a moment to turn this off. <laughs> All right, that was your moment. Um, so uh, we are very honest with our kids uh, that Santa is a really fun character that we celebrate at Christmas, like Mickey Mouse. Um, but he's not real. Actually, Christmas is about Jesus. Mom and Dad buy you the gifts. Um, and so because of that, we've been able to be very honest with them mm-hmm. as they've grown up. And it's not like, hey, you're only going to have four gifts or whatever. But they know they're not getting 30 gifts. Like, mm-hmm. they know, hey, you're going to get a handful. And especially when you have, like, family, and it's like, oh, grandparents sent gifts right. and friends. and all. Like, they're going to be fine. But I think as as people trying to find joy in the season – Everything around you culturally will just say more, 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 and you will never find margin in the more. You, you will only find it in less, and less mm. is the more where we will find joy. And so, um, Love that. yeah, whether that's your spending, whether that's your schedule, what are the ways? And you go, yeah, yeah, but I won't be, uh, I won't be as impressive to those people. Mm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I said it this mm-hmm. weekend. You should be way less interested in the approval of people than the approval of God. And uh, I think. Yeah, Christmas, God wants to remind us. He wants to remind us just how much he loves us and the lengths to which he would go to win us back. And the fact that we would get distracted uh, because of how much we're overspending for gifts that people will forget or will become irrelevant Mm -hmm. feels like a miss. So good. Well, thanks, Phil. Of course, dude. You have any questions for me? Yeah, what are you guys doing for Christmas? We are sticking around this year. Okay. Last year we did the same. Um, We were in the rhythm um, before this of doing Thanksgiving down south in Orange County with my parents because my birthday is right around then. Yeah, yeah. And then um, coming back and doing um, 
We do Christmas Eve at Missy's grandma's house with all 47 of our immediate family. That is wild. Well, not immediate, but like in that family. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's just a wild time. Gift exchanges, uh, white elephants, just loud. It's just loud. Um, the group of introverts trying to introvert in 47 people were just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, sports is on. Sure, sure. <laughs> no yeah. one knows who's playing or what's happening. Yep, but yep. There's just those. And then Christmas morning, we'd spend with her immediate family, which was always just really sweet. And then at some point, we'd drive down south in between then and New Year's to go down and visit. But this year, we're hanging out up here. I think nice. my brother and... Jess are going to come up here, and then my parents might come up as well. A little more margin. That's exactly. Good. Way to go, dude. I know. Way to go. It feels really good. Great. I'm looking forward to that week, too. Good. Uh, and I mentioned it. This podcast, I think, was mm-hmm. the first time we talked about it last week, but uh, then it kind of went out uh, more widely, mm-hmm. more widely, and then talked about it this weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you didn't hear, we're kind of beginning the restorative justice process from... Yeah. Um, some survivors of abuse at Menlo 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked a little bit about it this weekend. We sent out an email. There's a link to about a 30-minute video explaining the process, as well as a link to sign up for the town hall in January to mm-hmm. have, to ask and have questions answered. Um, so people have been very kind, um, you know, even, you know, say, hey, I'm praying for those survivors and praying that God would use this process to yep. bring healing to them and yep. help to Menlo. And so uh, if, if you want more information, that's where you can find it. There's lots, uh, yeah, lots of, in, the, in the works here at Menlo. That's one important thing. Um, and I think, you know, as fun and exciting as Christmas is, the thing I have to resist the urge to do is, like, think about what's next. Like, think about sure. January and February and March and all the things that I know yeah. are coming. So um, it'll, be, it'll be fun. I'm going to sit in it for a couple weeks and uh, experience this season and then, 2024 here we go awesome yeah well go with joy this week everybody if you need anything text our team 650-600-0402 big shout out to sean as well sean who Short. is helping out uh recording this podcast today and thank you for everyone else that have reached out to say hey i want to get involved with helping people find and follow jesus online bridging that gap from online to in person so shout out to, to everyone all the teams mel and carol thanks for meeting every monday to pray too um, we're praying for you. Um, and again, if you send in prayer requests, they do get prayed for. So that's, that's just a, a great thing to have people in our community caring so deeply for you, even if we don't know you yet. Yep, absolutely. So, um, thanks so much. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Merry Christmas. See ya.